Welcome back to another episode of the True Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Jalen Mann, and we have so many stories for today. A lot of Apple leaks, a lot of new phones coming out, and many tech-related news that we'll get to today. But before we get to that, let's talk about today's sponsor. Today's sponsor is the Tech Meme Ride Home Podcast. When the New Yorker magazine asked Mark Zuckerberg how he gets his news, he said the one news source he definitely follows is the Tech Meme. For more than two years and nearly 700 episodes, the Tech Meme Ride Home has been Silicon Valley's favorite tech news podcast. The Tech Meme Ride Home is a daily podcast, only 15 to 20 minutes long. And every day by 5 p.m. Eastern, it's all the latest tech news you'll ever need. But it's more than just headlines. You could get a robot to review the headlines as well. And the Tech Meme Ride Home is all the context around the latest tech news of the day. It's all the top stories, the top hosts, the top tweets, and conversations about those stories, as well as behind the scenes analysts. The Tech Meme Ride Home is like a TLDR as a service. The folks at TechMeme are online all day reading everything so they can catch you up. So listen to the one podcast anyone who's anyone in Silicon Valley listens to every single day. Search your podcast app now for Ride Home and subscribe to the TechMeme Ride Home podcast. And thank you for Ride Home Media for sponsoring today's episode. I like true crime, so I decided to make a true crime podcast where I cover true crime stories year by year. And I hate true crime, so I decided to beef up my wife's true crime podcast by telling people what was on TV during each one of those murders or who was winning that wrestling match during that awful rape. The result is American Timelines, where we cover strange, fascinating happenings. And sometimes silly stories and even birthdays. Didn't you always wonder when Don Cheadle was born? No. Didn't you at least wonder what the number one song was when Don Chino was born? No. Well, what did you want to know? Just about murder. Sweet, sweet, grisly murder. Well, sometimes you talk about UFOs or ghost stories, too. Yes, those are cool, too. And who hasn't wondered what episode of 227 was on during a haunting? Everyone. Download and subscribe to American Timelines by History for Jerks. You can hear it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. It's better than it sounds. It really is. American Timelines by History for Jerks, the greatest podcast ever. All right, let's get into today's story. We'll just start it off with some Apple news since there has been a lot of Apple news from John Prosser and a lot of leaks. But for the first one, it's the iPhone 12 Pro Max and it's about the 120 hertz. At first, a lot of people and a lot of leakers said that 120 hertz is coming to the iPhone. Everyone got so pumped, but then the leakers just started to change what they've been saying and saying that 120 hertz is not coming to the iPhone since they couldn't get the LTPO display correct. But now John Prosser is saying, don't lose hope in 120 hertz since the iPhone 12 Pro Max has 120 hertz on the settings and has been showing screenshots and also a video of the iphone 12 pro max as a pvt model but this is the product validation testing model which is before mass production starts and it's not finalized of a product they're still making changes and doing things but it is one step 
away from mass production, which means it's pretty close. And 120Hz is pretty possible that it can be coming to the iPhone. He showed off a video which shows that you could toggle either 120Hz on the iPhone or 60Hz on the iPhone. So it's not going to have variable refresh rate like the Apple Watch since they couldn't implement that LTPO display. So they're just going to have to toggle 60Hz or 120Hz on whether you want it or not. So it also showed a video of the iPhone 12 Pro Max, including that notch on found still on the iPhone 11. So it's going to have the same notch. It's not going to really get any smaller, at least from what we saw in that video. But I'll link the John Prosser's video in the show notes below if you want to check it out. It's pretty interesting, the video. So you could check it out in the show notes below. And also, some of the toggles that were also in settings were a new 4K at 120Hz um, for just regular video recording, which is pretty good. 120 fps for 4k that's that's a huge jump it's like double the refresh rate for videos and their sensors cap capabilities are pretty big right now i'm not sure if many other phones are able to do that but that's pretty big it's a pretty big jump and also there's going to be 4k 240 fps for slow-mo recording so if you want to get that nice crispy 4k shot that's really smooth then you're going to want to check that feature out and that's pretty smooth as well all right that was basically what john prosser showed us for the 120 hertz leaks and he's saying don't give up on it yet so hopefully we can find 120 hertz on the iphone i really want to see it coming to the iPhone since a lot of the Android phones have it and um, also a lot of just a lot of competitors have this 120 Hz and fast refresh rate and I think Apple should implement it in their phone all right let's get on to the next story and that is the iPad Air 4 and Apple put out the iPad Air 3 in 2019 of March and we're hope we're we're Leaks are saying that the iPad Air 4 should be in the late 2020 release date, and it's still possible, especially as in late August, an unknown Apple slate was listed in on a Eurasian Economic Commission database, something that tends to happen around two months before launch. So we're expecting um, 2020. And also some leaks and news about this device for one, the iPad Air could have some USB-C connectivity instead of Lightning port, just like on the iPad Pro, and it's going to be an 11-inch size over the 10.5-inch iPad Air 3. These changes could make the new iPad Air 4 seem more like the iPad Pro 2020 than previous models. That could help further differentiate it from the basic iPad range, but risks making it overly similar to the pro range would make it would make the iPad Pro seem like a bad deal. But another smaller leak suggested that the iPad Air will get an in-screen fingerprint scanner, a technology Apple hasn't embraced despite most of the top-end Android phones are using it. We're not totally convinced that Apple would add this tech to an iPad Air before an iPad Pro though. And also one massive leak though, which concurred with 
the USB-C and 11-inch assertions and added a lot more. Apparently, the tablet will have a design similar to the iPad Pro Face ID login. No mention of the in-screen Touch ID though. Four stereo speakers, one rear camera, a liquid retina display, and the A14 or A14X Bionic chipset. And they're really upping the specs in this iPad Air 4, and it's getting really similar to the iPad Pro. So it's going to make a lot of um, buyers think, should I get the iPad Air 4 or should I get the really expensive iPad Pro? And the processor is pretty strong in here, the A14 or A14X. And that's going to be Apple's next flagship processor. And it's pretty exciting. There's not going to be any bezels. It's going to be the same design or relatively the same design as the iPad Pro. So it's pretty interesting, that story. I'll leave a link in the show notes below for you guys to check it out. It's from Tech Radar and pretty exciting. So something that also dropped out this this week was the Zenfone 7 Pro, which is Asus's new phone and it it has a it has an infinity display no no bezels on it no notch no hole punch it's a flip out camera it swivels from the back it uses the back lenses as the selfie camera so it just flips out it's pretty interesting design and asus has really made some improvements from the zenfone 6 and the Zenfone basically just adds another camera. It makes the design look better and performance is even better. It has a 90 hertz AMOLED display, 6.67 inch display, a HDR10 plus display as well, and also infinity display with no bezels, as I said before. And it has the Snapdragon A65 plus, the current flagship Snapdragon processor you can find in many of the smartphones and they're really just trying to push on the screen and the performance so it's it gets a lot faster than the Zenfone 6 it's 10% faster performance 10% faster graphic rendering and it has 8 gigs of RAM and also 256 gigs of UFS 3.1 storage and they're really pushing the cameras as well since they're adding um, a, a third camera from the Zenfone 6 was two cameras now they're adding a third one so it features a 64 megapixel wide angle main camera an ultra wide angle camera and a telephoto camera with 3x optical zoom so um, it's getting pretty similar to the rest of the flagship's cameras, just like a telephoto, ultrawide, and a main camera sensor. And it has Sony's flagship sensor, IMX363, and a dual pixel autofocus. And it also has 3 centimeters macro shots with the wide angle, ultrawide angle camera. So that is pretty exciting. And also... They're also focusing not only on, you know, photos, but also video as well. So you'll be able to capture nice videos on this phone, whether it will be vlogging or 
you know, just capturing videos on the back of your phone. And this phone is really good for vlogging since the back camera flips up and you're able to use the highest end sensors on your phone for your vlogs since it flips out and you'll still be able to see that you're in frame and everything and it's amazing. And also the Zenfone 7 Pro brings you industry leading 8K 30fps high resolution video which is a bit of a gimmick right now but it is pretty amazing and it provides EIS which um, and up to 4K UHD ultra wide angle recording. It automatically adjusts to the brightest and the exposure to bring out full detail and colors whether you're shooting night scenes or in the bright sunlight. And this is what um, Asus is saying. It's saying it's hyper steady, it's free zoom, and it has a wind filter on the mic, and also has mic focus, so you can focus the mic on an object. So they're really pushing the cameras, and it's really making it a nice, really nice um, part of this phone. So you could do a lot of vlogs with it, and a lot of recording, and it'll be pretty good. So that's just basically the main feature of this Zenfone 7 Pro, and also they're saying that the battery is a pretty pretty good battery. It has a 5000 mAh high capacity battery which is pretty high. And also there's a new custom battery mode for control and battery care settings so it lasts even longer. And there's no need for chargers or power banks for your devices since um, this one is really, really big. And they're saying you can get up to two days of nonstop usage, which is a lot of um, screen on time and also up to 32 days of talk time for 4G talk time and up to 6.2 hours of 5G web browsing and up to 24 hours of video playback. And that is a lot of battery, but we'll see if Zenfone, the Zenfone 7 Pro really packs this and brings this, but hopefully it does because if it does, then that is a lot of battery. So they're really just pushing everything to the max making everything great but it's mostly the, the display and everything and the design looks pretty cool and really futuristic but yeah i'll check you guys can check it out at asus's um website i'll i'll leave a link in the show notes below for you guys to check it out it's really interesting and i think this phone can really be focused towards vloggers and a lot of video people who really care about these pro features and a lot of these high-end specs. On that note, let's take a quick break and we'll come right back to talk about this kind of air power competitor. Today's sponsor is the Time Turner Harry Potter In-Depth Podcast and I really have to recommend this podcast to all of you Harry Potter fans out there and this podcast really goes in-depth to all the Harry Potter stories and they're really just rereading all seven books, and I personally love Harry Potter. I would re- really recommend this podcast to the Harry Potter fans out there. And the Time Turner really focuses on foreshadowing themes, interesting nuggets, and ties to the main endgame. Big questions the co-hosts still have, and really hot takes. 
the podcast can be serious at times, talking about problematic themes, deep dives into character flaws and plot holes, but also it has its funny moments, like making fun of a ridiculous plot lines and having weird and hilarious opinions on all things Harry Potter. And they go over three chapters each episode and I think it's the perfect amount for one episode and it's really, really interesting. Their coverage on book one, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, and book two, Harry Potter and the Chambers of Secrets, are available in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and other podcast streaming platforms. So whether you're on Apple Podcasts or anything else, you can really just check out this podcast. And their book three, the Harry Potter and Prisoner of Azkaban, will be released in the month of August. So stay tuned. And I really recommend you guys go subscribe and download the Time Turner Harry Potter In-Depth Podcast. They are also on Twitter and Instagram at Time Turner Pod. And thank you for Time Turner Harry Potter In-Depth for sponsoring today's episode. Welcome back and let's talk about the next story. Air Power has a competitor which is Nomad's Base Station Pro. A Basically what Apple was trying to do with the air power but nomad and has been able to do it with era technology and i think it's really cool how they've been able to do this since you're basically able to put it anywhere on the pad and still be able to charge it and i think that's uh really cool and it has a pretty nice leather finish to it and you could just put any device that is chi compatible on the mat and you'll be able to charge it really fast and it knows when you're charging earbuds or your phone it'll put more power to your phone less power to your earbuds and let's say you're charging your watch then you can also it won't charge it as fast as a smartphone but it'll still charge it um pretty fast and it's pretty sleek for what it's packing in to this wireless charger and it just solves all the problems with you having to make sure that your phone is just aligned on the wireless charger so you could charge it. It just solves all those problems and you're able to just charge it by just putting it on the mat. You don't really have to worry about it, but it's basically a more futuristic way of charging rather than Sh- Xiaomi's design where it moves the Qi wireless uh, coil from where you put your device. So it's a lot more powerful in that sense and it's uh pretty expensive too and is also really limited and when i mean expensive it is expensive it's at a price of 229 dollars from nomad and that is a crazy amount of money for a wireless charger you could be buying airpods pros with that money and I don't know if it's worth that money. Maybe it's just worth it to just, just get a regular wireless charger because it's a lot cheaper. This is really expensive since, I mean, they did implement a lot of technology in there um, and there is no loud fan. So if you really are a diehard wireless charger fan, then I'd say you could get this, but if you're just like a normal person that just wants wireless charging, 
just go for a regular wireless charger since this is crazy expensive and I'd only pay up to $100 for wireless charging, not $229. And this just makes all the other wireless chargers seem so cheap and this one just looks really expensive. And they're able to do this and without, you know, it overheating since um, there is a lot of coils in there and Apple hasn't been able to do that but yeah they're able to do this really well and it looks really cool also another story another update on Fortnite vs Apple Apple has won the battle between Fortnite vs Apple but they're not able to delete the Unreal Engine yet but they are able to exterminate Fortnite's Epic Games developer account so I think Epic was expecting to win this fight in court but apparently Apple has won and now all you iPhone iOS iPad OS users can't play Fortnite and that is pretty upsetting since I thought maybe they could work something out but Apple is just trying to show everybody you can't just go around us and try to um, have your own purchases without paying that 30% cut and what Fortnite did just violated the policies of the app store they signed the contracts and they really just have to go with it but I guess Fortnite is now not on the iOS and iPadOS app store and also we'll have to wait to see if they'll be kicked off on the Google Play Store. Alright, for our next story, it's pretty insane about this story. It's about AirPod sales. And we all know that a lot of people have AirPods. There's over 80 million pairs of AirPods that were sold, including AirPod Pros and regular AirPods as well. And I myself have AirPods as well. And I have to say, it's a really popular product since, you know, a lot of people want that convenience and just really want the wireless future. And a lot of people bought it. But now, before they were, they held one half of the wireless earbud market. And now that's changing since a lot of the Chinese wireless earbuds have taken over in China. And a lot more people are just buying those over AirPods since AirPods are really expensive and we all know that AirPods have been at a pretty high price point and is more of a luxury item than a headphones and a lot of people have been buying other wireless earbuds and this really made Apple's sales in one third of the wireless earbud market which is a significantly drop in sales since a lot of people are buying these um, Chinese wireless earbuds so I just wanted to say that since that was pretty interesting and I thought that was a really interesting story but yeah let's go on to our next story and it's about the LG wing everyone's so excited about this phone since it's more like a a new way to get like an extra screen on your phone it's a pretty weird implementation of this but there's so much hype about this phone and there's a lot to know about this so if you were to just imagine the design it's basically 
you have one horizontal phone on the top and another phone on the back of the phone that is going vertical. So just think of a T shape. And that's the LG wing. You can swivel it to make it just like a single, making it look like a single phone, but then you could swivel it out to make it look like a T, which you could use for that display and is, I guess, a cool implementation of getting more screen real estate. But um, in their videos and the leaked videos, it shows a lot of the cool things you can do with that secondary display, including going on a jog and you could be looking at it on the maps and also using it as a keyboard just so many things and the lg wing just brings so many new features that we haven't seen before into the lg wing and the lg wing name is only a code name but it is possible it will launch on the wing commercially but smartphone companies very rarely use codenames as official names. LG did significantly change up its naming scheme this year when it launched LG Velvet. With that in mind, it is possible that the LG Wing could end up launching under that moniker. We aren't ruling anything out yet, but we'd be very surprised if LG didn't use a different name at launch. And yes, it does have a rotating display and sort of a weird kind of design it just looks like you have two phones and one is on the back one is on the front it's really interesting i'll leave a link in the show notes below if you want to check out the design if you haven't seen it already it looks really interesting you can use one display for maps or one display for now playing section so you can check out your music it's it's really interesting and there has been a lot of leaks on this design and many videos on the lg wing because a lot of people have been testing it, I guess. I'm not really sure, but if you think about it, it kind of looks like um, the. It kind of looks like a T shape, because of this sort of design. It's really interesting, and um, that's basically all we know about the design right now. But it's gonna be a 5G ready phone. And it's going to have the 765G, a more like a mid-range processor, budget-range processor. It's not the highest end, but it isn't slow at all. It is a really fast processor. And the LG Wing specs are basically just all we know, just the 765G processor and the 5G-capable phone. And also the video that shows the maps and stuff has made the device look pretty useful in that you can use the secondary display pretty usefully as well when you're driving or when you're walking or really just doing anything and the smaller display is like a one by one aspect ratio so just imagine like a square and then the main display is you know what you currently see like a you know just a regular sort of phone and also, another another concept of this phone also shows someone gaming and someone also looking at the racetrack on the map using the top screen. So you'll be able to see how far and how far you are from the other racers, and they're using 
Asphalt 9 as an example here, but they're just putting many, many usages for this secondary display, and I think it looks really interesting. But so far, that's really all we know about this LG Wing, and I think this phone would be pretty cool to check it out, and I think that they can sell a few of these if they really hype it up and get everything really excited. But for our next story, it's about OnePlus Clover, a new sort of phone that is really interesting. And the biggest feature for this phone, OnePlus, that is being leaked is that 6,000 milliamp hour battery. And it's only going for just 200 bucks. And it has a Snapdragon 460, which is definitely not a high-end processor. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do to get that $200 price range. And this 6,000 milliamp hour battery will last you so long since you have the 460, uh, Snapdragon 460. And those two bunched together will make a pretty long-lasting battery phone. And I don't know how they're squeezing it in in such a design where it is really interesting since OnePlus has codenamed it Clover. But it has a 6.52 inch HD plus display and the phone is powered by the 460 and has 4 gigs of RAM and 64 gigs of storage. It has 3 cameras on the back with a 13 megapixel primary camera joined by 2, two megapixel lenses. And the iPhone will release in global markets and is basically just focusing on the US market which is really interesting. OnePlus hasn't really done that yet but I guess they're really just trying to get to those people who are on a budget and want a budget phone that has a lot of good specs and I really wasn't expecting for any companies to be making a $200 phone in 2020 since that is not a lot of money for a phone but hopefully this brings good power, good battery and good camera sensor to this phone since it's only 200 bucks and oneplus if they really hype it up and really market this correctly to the u.s citizens and u.s people then they could really sell a lot of these well that has been it for this episode number 42 of the true tech podcast and if you want to support the show check it out patreon.com slash true tech you can get different perks and different benefits to the show including ad-free versions of the show you being able to be on the show and early access to episodes and also if you want to help it out in another way you could check out our merch merch.streamelements.com slash jlaman i'll leave the links in the show notes below for you guys to check out patreon and also the merch and that's all we have for today's episode i know we skipped not on Wednesday's episode and I'm a little late on Saturday's episode but it's been really busy lately and since school has is almost about to start it's it's pretty crazy and things have been really busy for me and I hope you guys can understand but I hope I'll be putting out a episode for Wednesday since there still is a lot of tech news to cover and we'll just have to see and wait it out till Wednesday. But I'll see you guys on hope Wednesday, hopefully, and Saturday. All right. See you guys. Peace.